Hey guys, in today's podcast, I am interviewing Charles Davis from MTV's Just to Two of Us. Um, she just recently started a YouTube channel. She is a female on the spectrum with a diagnosis of ASD. Uh, and uh, she comes on my channel and we did an interview, a video interview, about all the things like related to female traits around social anxiety. And I found it very, very fascinating. It's a great insight. Uh, so this audio recording is from that video, but it's tailored to make it more um, for the podcast. So don't worry about any kind of video references in there. Also, just to let you guys know that The Secret Podcast will be having an interview with a mum of a guy who has Asperger's Syndrome. She's also credited by Webster Stratton. She's got different parenting course uh, criteria qualifications and stuff like that. She runs mindfulness groups for parents with kids on the spectrum um, and other types of um, disabilities. She's a really cool woman and that interview is coming next Monday. Uh, So The Secret Podcast next Monday will include that interview. If you haven't already signed up to the $3 a month uh, payment plan for The Secret Podcast, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash The Aspie World. And that's patreon.com forward slash The Aspie World. You can get the link on my YouTube page. If you just go to youtube.com forward slash The Aspie World, and then if you look at the links at the side, you'll see a Patreon link. It's like a little orange P. Click that and you'll find that. It's gonna be super awesome. Also lined up, we have an occupational therapist interview, which is gonna be amazing. and also an interview with uh, the son of the lady who has uh, Asperger's syndrome himself and it'll be really cool to interview him to see how his mum's parenting techniques helped him growing up. Anyway, let's get on with this podcast. Charles Davis from MTV's Just to Two of Us. Check it out. Um, the video is also on the YouTube page if you want to see uh, that video and get any links from the description. I hope you enjoy this podcast. In this video, we're going to be looking at autism in girls and specifically five social anxiety traits. Coming up. Hey, I'm Dan. I have Asperger's syndrome, ADHD and OCD and dyslexia. I make weekly content. So if you're new around here and want to learn more, consider subscribing. Hey guys, I'm Charlotte and I have a diagnosis of autism and today I'm going to be sharing some personal experience of my social anxiety traits. Hey guys, welcome back to the Aspie world. I'm super awesome to actually have a guest here today. This is the first collab I've done this year. I've never had another influencer. So um, Charlotte is actually quite well known for her MTV show on just to two of us. Also, she runs a really cool Instagram account, but more importantly, she's launching a YouTube channel. One of the things we wanted to do was talk about autism and girls and different things. So we decided to talk about social anxiety since it's such a huge issue or it's a big, well-talked about topic, but I feel like it's not as talked about for girls. You know, I feel like it's always male dominated. It's always males kind of doing this, that and the other. So we're literally talking about Charles' perspective of those traits and her personal insight and things like that because I think this can be really valuable to all of you guys. So we're going to go through five different things and just really sum it up by the end of it and talk about it, have a discussion. And if you want to jump in at any single time and add anything in, put it in the comment section below and give this video a thumbs up if you're enjoying this type of content. So number one is masking. So Charles, do you want to take us through a little bit about masking and and some of your personal insight and experience with that. So one of the things that affects me is masking and this is something that I'd say most women do on the spectrum actually. Um, It's a really, really common trait and basically it's hiding your traits and pretending to 
um, be a version of yourself that is socially acceptable, masking and hiding my traits so that the other person can't suspect anything odd or weird or anything. And what I tend to do is I copy and mimic other people's behavior so that I can represent a socially acceptable version of myself. Would you say that this is, you'd pick up masking from watching like TV and film? Because this is an interesting topic. Like, would you say that you learn social kind of masking from like, mimicking people on movies it's basically from years of being rejected socially and so you take uh, characteristics from other people you're adopting other people's behavior and characteristics and applying it to your own hmm. it's basically just lying and putting on a front you so you're pretending to be somebody else you're pretending to be something that is socially acceptable so that you can connect with someone else yeah. but then you're actually hiding your true self what kind of effect is what kind of effect is, does does actually masking have on you as a person so if you go through your day and you're masking obviously you're not being comfortable in your own skin and you're not being you mm -hmm. what kind of effect what what repercussions can that have well that's had massive repercussions on me especially as an adult because over the years I've, it's something that i've done so long that you start to lose sense of self and this actually led to me having identity problems oh, okay. because I was hiding my traits so often and putting on this front where I was somebody completely different just to fit in that I didn't know who I actually was. Mm, that's fascinating. Because, so. like, I think one of the main factors for why females have been not as diagnosed as males is because masking is apparent, and they say, "Oh, well, you know, they're, they're fine here, they're fine there, or whatever." You know, it's it's weird that it's now what, like, masking was a thing that we didn't even know existed, mm -hmm. but it's now that we're able to put a, an actual name to it and say it's this thing. Well, yeah. I find that quite fascinating. It's a bit of a tricky thing as well, and I I know that um, there's not a lot out there on women on the spectrum especially, so that's why I'm doing my bit to raise awareness. So the reason it's a tricky thing is because it's a massive trait, but it also goes against being diagnosed. So if you're actively seeking a diagnosis, then you're so good at hiding it that sometimes not even a professional can diagnose you because you can't see it. Yeah. You've got so good at it, especially as an adult as well on the spectrum, you get so used to hiding your traits that you are now this brilliant actress that you didn't even know. And another thing about masking is that like you develop coping or like workaround strategies, right? So this is this is something that I find fascinating. So in terms of like a lot of people say, oh, I got undiagnosed for X amount of years and they say, oh, I didn't know you had an issue with that. But then they make like workaround coping mechanisms. For instance, like if you were, you didn't want to, okay, you didn't want to talk, your anxiety at talking on the phone to order pizza, yeah? Mm -hmm. So anytime you'd be anywhere with you want to order pizza, you'd always say to somebody, oh, can you do it for us? I've just got to go to the toilet or I'm just going to go to do something yeah, else. Yeah, it's, it's simple things so it's, like that. So it's for like example, like, behaviors. I am absolutely the worst person in the world to pick up the phone and I, I, I can't make conversation on the phone. I can't do anything that requires an immediate response because I find that is, is far too much pressure. So I'll let somebody else do it. Or um, for example, if I have to pay for an item, I'll let somebody else do it. You know, it's little things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that, that it, it just fascinates me. And I think that this is one of the reasons why we're having a huge gap in the amount of females to males being actually diagnosed. But I think that gap is small, getting smaller and smaller now. So having the things like the National Autistic Society have uh, a new program, a training program for autism and girls. It's really good and, and people like yourself doing more advocacy on it. It's gonna be awesome. Okay, so number two is selective mutism. Do you want to talk to us a bit about selective mutism? Yes, selective mutism. Um, it's something that affects me mainly when I'm in groups of people. So one-to-one uh, -one speaking to someone, I'm pretty good. I'm actually pretty great, especially if I've got something in common to talk about, otherwise. Not really. <laughs> not that good. Yeah, but, you're not um, able to say anything. Uh, 
Um, this is actually something that led to my diagnosis because mm. um, while I was away filming for MTV, I went out for a meal as a group with some of the other artists and I literally became stuck. I was trapped inside of myself and it got to a point where I was so overwhelmed by everything in my, in my environment and socially especially that I physically couldn't speak and mm. it's hard because when you're trying to explain this to someone because you have to be in that situation to experience yeah, it and there's no, there's no way they can test it really so no. how often does that how, how often would you say that you experience kind of selective mutism and, and, and what type of situations would you experience it um probably we and, and I mean like for some bizarre reason it tends to be more around people my own age mm. and I'm not sure if that's because I don't know are people our age maybe I think it's maybe because you, maybe you feel like expected to be a certain way you're other people yeah, your own age yeah to be act, to act right? a certain yeah. way and behave a certain way yeah and not be yeah and, and, and yeah like saying acting a certain way and being that kind of like typical person when you're not a typical person so you, you might feel like Oh, you know, I, I can't contribute to this situation, so you just kind of maybe climb up or something. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure it out, but it is fascinating. Like I, I've experienced this, and it wasn't until you said it to me. We were like, "What's up?" And talking about doing this video and talking about different things. He's out oh, like mutism, and I've experienced this when I um, go to Naomi's mum's house, and we have like I don't know, they do like family dinners or like a party family or dinners. Oh my god! I just like and then Naomi says to me, "It's like Dan, you don't speak. Like you don't." Why do you engage with people? Why are you speaking and stuff? I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea. Like, there's crazy. that pressure there to have, have to, to be, be social and yeah. to have to make conversation, and then you're applying even more pressure on yourself. Yeah, yeah. and it's it just and just spirals down to okay, this is never gonna happen. <laughs> and no, and it's I, not. I, I guess like I always have this really intense fear of being judged on anything that I say yeah. so then like it, it gets to the point where it's so bad and I've clammed up so much that anything I do actually say like any but sentence I can actually get out give myself a little pat on the back I'm like yes <laughs> I managed, I managed to, get... to say something <laughs> well, I, I totally get that I mean I can appreciate that and you know it is a difficult thing to overcome so I mean maybe you, you are noticing this in say you're a parent watching this or a guardian or, or a loved one or whatever and you're noticing these kind of traits in somebody it's quite interesting if you're just coming across this for the first time then it may be possible that they have a spectrum condition because I find this is very valuable Okay, so number three is making small talk. And uh, this one, I kind of rings true to me as well. I know a lot about kind of like how it's difficult to make small talk when having a spectrum condition because that is just like, it's super difficult. So do you want to talk a bit about your obviously experience in it and being a female on the spectrum? Yeah, sure. I mean, like a lot of people would probably doubt this and a lot of people that have met me personally. And that's because, I mean, I, I will make the effort to chat to them. But what I'm actually doing is running off a script of stuff I've learnt to say over the years that is socially acceptable and I'm just repeating myself basically in every conversation with every single person because so, I, when that script runs out, what do I say now? Yeah, I, I, no? I can totally, I can totally relate and like I have a few things that I talk about one, I'll, I'll talk about SEOs with people and then and when they're not interested in that, I'm like, okay, well, I'll talk about politics because I know a lot about politics, right? And if they're not interested in politics, I'm kind of all out. You know, there's somebody says to me, I was talking about cars. I'm like, there's, <laughs> there's no way, there's like no way this conversation is going to go anywhere. And I find like those situations are like the panic situations. I'm like, uh oh, and what am I going to do now? It's because as well, like, I mean, it's a common autistic trait that um, people with autism tend to speak about themselves and speak about their interests. And then you've also got that added factor where you have to actively try to pretend to be interested in that other person when actually... You don't care. You don't care. Yeah, you just that... don't care. And it's not that you're not a caring person. It's just that you 
you're very strict on your interests and yeah. that's and all it, you enjoy talking about. It, you know, it, it's really very, very interesting. And I love kind of having conversations with other autistic individuals because you can relate to them so much. And it's interesting because like, you go through life just thinking about things yourself and you talk to somebody you're like, oh yeah. I mean, because me and you can talk loads about autism. That's right. Because we can talk about the things because we have that kind of common ground. But mm -hmm. it's interesting when you're, yeah, you're with like typical people who want to talk about like cars work and going out. It's like, it's so weird. And especially like, um, I mean, I don't have typical interests that uh, the girls have, for example, having my nails done or well, I, I have no happened. idea what to talk about. <laughs> to a, no, it's, it's totally true. Like, uh, so I don't drink alcohol, and like a lot of guys like love drinking beer and all this stuff. So if I meet like Naomi's family members or whatever, they talk about beer and drinking. I'm like, I'm completely out of the field here. I have no idea what's going on. You know, like it just—it's really difficult. I think it's probably more difficult to find uh, for people to find common ground with me. Then, yeah. Uh, do, do yeah, maybe because like, they're trying to search for It must be hard for them as well about. because yeah, they must. They, I mean, they must be able to sense when I'm not actually interested yeah, because. Well, look, I mean. It's a, like you said, it's a very typical trait of autism, and I feel that like if you're if you're experiencing this yourself and you can relate to this, then this is definitely the video for you. And uh, leave us a comment down below as well if you're experiencing this. I love to talk to people about the different types of experiences they're having. Okay, so number four is fear of socializing, and uh, this is this is a huge one. I mean, socializing for anybody on the spectrum is a very difficult situation, especially with the people you don't know, and if it's a large group of people. So let me know what, what you know. What, how do you experience that fear of socializing? Well, I mean, it's not something that other people could notice because um, like I said earlier um, hiding traits and mm. um, this applies to this one massively because I'm basically absolutely I, I get like a lump in my throat and I and I feel absolute dread when I know that I have to be social with someone or speak to someone on a personal level and it's not because they're not interested in people it's just because I generally am extremely intimidated by people when I when I first meet them as well mm. so yeah it, it just builds up avoidance issues as well do you, do you feel like it um it kind of builds up a, a frustration or an anger so like if you're forced to be in social situations you obviously have a fear of it and then masking comes into play does that ever have a kickback like oh my goodness you know because because with me because it's different because males on the spectrum i just i just don't you know from the situation where people expect something of you I, uh, we, we don't really technically have that masking ability, I guess, because, you know, the female and male brains do work slightly differently mm -hmm. in, in that respect. And I think that, I think it's because, like, um, in general, women are more socially aware, I yeah, think. right, right, yeah. So, um, I mean, it would really matter to me what other people thought. So, mm. I mean, yeah, I know that matters anyway. Like, no, but, but, people, but it's, but I, it's but, a thing that you instantly think about at that moment in time. So you're like, okay, I need to get through this and I need to do this. And again, masking comes into play. But I'm wondering, like, does that have a kickback? So you do... Do the you know you do masking you, you go you force yourself through a fearful situation of socializing then like later on at home did you ever kick you in the head and just yes like, oh, absolutely no. so like anything that happens like any any social event that happens during the day I will go home and I will really sit and think about it and I'll think like well I shouldn't have said that or I should have said it differently or perhaps did I offend that person and mm. and and then it just it just makes you so scared of just socializing yeah 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 and even yeah. trying to do it yeah, yeah because you just crazy. think that i'm useless at this and i'm gonna fail so then it just instills an absolute fear in you and i don't know yeah. what it is i don't know it's what a, makes difficult... me so scared to connect with other people i know i think it's it's because it's the unpredictability of people because you don't know how people are going to react to anything and i think that mm -hmm. that's the fear is that i don't know how they're going to react and 
you know, it's taken me ages to figure this out and working on this channel and working with professionals is how I've come to that conclusion, but that's what I think it is. I think the intense fear as well comes from being socially rejected over the years. Oh yeah. Because you're rejected so often. And you get used that to that fear. You get, like, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. then it gets to a point where, I mean, I, I wasn't treated very well in school. I was, I was quite bullied in school for being the mm. quiet one, believe it or not. <laughs> and then you're even more scared of speaking because- It becomes a bigger thing. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. But like, mm. and that, that, that is the thing, you know, you, school is like probably the worst place. Like typical mainstream mm -hmm. schools, kids can be mean as heck. So this doesn't help, especially for females who are trying the best to mask it because again, the, the females, they're so clever in the way that, you know, you know, female with autism is like you said, they're trying to do all these things and they're, they're, the guys are just like lazy typically mm -hmm. in that respect. They don't try those things because I have no idea why, but that's how it works. And I just find it, it's crazy because bullies can be so horrible, especially for someone who's already trying their hardest, you know? Oh, it's crazy. Definitely, when you have to make the active effort as well. And you have to, and I mean, as people on the spectrum, we do actively have to make more of an effort than yeah, the average person because it does. It requires a lot more. Yeah, it takes way more effort. It's like just even going to like the, the store and picking something up is like way more effort involved for someone with autism than it would be for a typical person because of all that interaction, the lights, the sound, the stimuli, the people, the socialising, the then calculating the money, the the worrying, the the anxiety of just being outside. Like it's all of those things add up, and I think it's, it's just yeah, it's crazy. Okay, so number five is isolating or isolation. Can we talk about a bit about how you isolate yourself and what yes. isolation means? So, I mean, this is probably a follow-on from the fear of socialising because what happens is you get such a big fear of socialising that you become socially avoidant and this can lead to other mental illnesses as well, like depression, for example. Mm. But sometimes, you know what, I can be at home and I can be really, I can feel really low in myself because my social life's gone out the window because I've just, I've just not got the energy to be able to invest in that because I'm busy during the day. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is I avoid everyone. I start to become depressed yeah because it's kind of like a catch so you don't want to go out because you're feeling kind of that fear of, of like you know the social anxiety and stuff and you, you feel like it's gonna take more effort but then when you don't go out and do those things you become a bit more recluse and then it gets mm -hmm. worse and then it kind of plays in your mind and you and then your mood starts to dip and then you're just in a downward spiral also another thing as well like I mean I for example I can go out with my friends right and I'll have an amazing time out with my friends we'll have a great laugh and then I'll come home and I'll just cry and it's because like like you said earlier all those environmental factors everything that yeah everything that's your all the information your brain is trying to process at one time it gets to a point where if you want to see me you're just gonna have to come to my house <laughs> yeah. i'll deal with the fact <laughs> that text messages are the way to go but yeah. like I, and you know I, I, I interviewed a guy um i was doing a collaboration video with a guy called kevin chapman who's a really big youtuber and autism advocate on the on the platform um and kevin's got a son called andy who has autism and he said to me that every day andy can uh, every uh, Monday, Andy would come home from school and just throw up. Like like every Monday, he'd come home, throw up, and he's like, "What is going on? No, no other day. Just the Monday, come home, throw up on the floor." And he's like, "Damn, what's going on?" I said, "Well, he's had." you know Friday evening Saturday and Sunday to just chill out and be in his own zone and be comfortable and then he goes into a school environment which throws them all out and he's mm -hmm. having to deal with that all day and then he just goes crazy sick so it's kind of like I can totally understand what you know about that I've not really experienced that myself from because I just I've been used to isolating myself for ages so I can't remember the last time I'd forced myself to go out in a situation because like you you want to go out and have that fun with your friends I'm not really bothered I'd rather just kind of like separate myself and I think that is the yeah. difference between I mean, the, the male and the female on the spectrum the friends I have are the friends that just know how useless I am. <laughs> maintaining friendships and they kind of accept that and they just think, well, Charlotte is the way she is and if I want to see her, I'm just going to have to give her a call or 
Yeah, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and I think that like uh, being proud of who you are as well is going to definitely help overcome any kind of like stigma about those things. So that was the um, interview and the podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Nice to be back. It's the first episode back from 2019. Lots more content coming. Um, Super awesome, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you want to sign up to my mailing list, make sure you do that over at theaspieworld.com because I'll be giving out like discount codes and stuff for all my merchandise. So yeah, super pumped to be back. Thank you so much, guys. I'll see you next week.